0: We're in week five of our week. No, week four of our series called "You in Five Years," and what we're talking about is who do you want to be? What do you want your life to look like? uh, What kind of relationships do you want to have? What kind of bank accounts do you want to? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to give up in the next? five years. What kind of person do you want to be in the next 60 months? 1,825 days to get there. It's not that far away. So last week we talked about, okay, what does that look like? And we talked about what is that final goal as far as like what would five years look like? then we talked about, okay, how do we reverse engineer that thing? And then ultimately we talked about how whatever it is that we want to do, who you want to be, what you want to look like, what this, uh, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time, and there's this key phrase that we use, and that is little by little. How do you get to where you want to be? Little by little. So this week, um, we want to move on, and we want to say, okay, that's great, Seth. Even if I buy into everything you're saying, um, which I'm I'm hoping you will, but uh, even if I buy into that, like, who, who has the time for anything else? In their lives. I'm assuming that this week like you went home and you like took you you, you you found your main goal and then like you made it like very specific and then like you you plotted some steps on how to get there and then you've been tracking it and now you're guarding it because you've had a great week and you were awesome right? I'm assuming that that's you've already done all that. So this week um, you're gonna we're gonna talk about well how do we um, like actually do that? Because if you're like me you you may be a bit busy Right? I've got a wife and three kids, and uh, you know, there's like ballet and soccer and all this stuff and a job. And then on top of that, uh, I have like, all these animals, so I have to like, you know, like, feed the goats and milk the chickens and stuff. Like, it's, it's this whole process. I'm still learning. It's this whole process. Uh, and so there's like, how do you find the time to do any of it? I'm already so very busy. Who has time to add anything else to their schedule? Oh, I want to read more books. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, that's a great idea. But how am I gonna do that? So, what I wanna talk about today is a day. Let's talk about a day. How do we understand? How do we use our time? What do we do with a day? This 24 hour period. We think of this day, what is a day? It's, it's one, one rotation of the, what is it? The, the sun, what are we? The earth around the sun, right? If you believe that the earth is round. <laughs> it's one rotation around the earth. Uh, it's a 24-hour period, how we calculate the days. So what, how do we use this time? How do we operate within a normal day? Um, let's start with this. Let's look at this. Uh, let's look at our kind of... Um, here's our calendar. Not a calendar. What is this? This is a, a clock. This is a schedule. This is a, this is a timeline of a particular day. Okay, so let's say... Our normal day is about uh, 24 hours, and this is how we understand the day. Can you guys see this? It goes from 12 a.m. is when we start our day. Typically, that's how we understand it. And it ends at 11 p.m., and then you do the whole thing over again. So that's kind of our general understanding of how this whole thing works. That's a day. That's 24 hours. That's what we get, right? For better or for worse. Uh, Some days are better than others when it comes to our days. Uh, how many of you have ever had a bad day? Don't raise your hand. We may have had a couple in our lifetimes. But there's varying degrees of days. There varying degrees of bad days. So you can have a, like a mildly bad day in which, you know, like you get up on the wrong side of the bed and uh, you get a crick in your neck. Or maybe you're having a bad hair day, one of these things. Maybe you stubbed your toe in the middle of the night. You can have a mildly bad day. You can have a pretty bad day. Uh, maybe things aren't going so well at work. Maybe you're having some sort of argument with your spouse. Maybe you're your best friend and you are at odds. Maybe, uh, right, there's, you can have a pretty bad day. Or then you can have like a really, really bad day where things are just, I mean, like you, know, you lose the job. You get the, the phone call from the doctor and they tell you about the diagnosis. So you, uh, the loss of a loved one. You can have a bad day. There's all these varying degrees of bad days. Um, in fact, I found some uh, images of some bad days this week and, and uh, I want you to take a, take a look at this. This one might make you feel better. Um, if you've ever had a bad day. So you're having a bad day. Tell me more. Look at this guy. Apparently he fell into... So I don't even know how this happens um, but your day can always get worse. You know what I'm saying? Uh, here's another one. Here's another bad day. What what a start to a bad day looks like. <laughs> Snake bite to the face. Yeah, that's, that's never a good way to get the whole thing going. Here's another one, and maybe this one for you. Um, <laughs> it could always be worse. Maybe this is how you feel. You felt this way on a day. Maybe you felt this way in life. You're this poor guy dangling, just waiting for the Tyrannosaurus to eat you alive as you're falling from the heavens. Uh, or this one more. One more is this. Uh, <laughs> I was your pilot. Yeah, that's a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty bad day. Things, things are not going well for you in this moment. They're not going. So the thing is, is no matter how bad a day you had, right, what's cool is that each morning we get a whole new day. We go through this 24-hour period, and then even if this day is just, like, absolutely awful, there's, like, this idea of, like, there's hope found within a new day. The new day is exciting because you get to wake up, and then you get your cup of coffee, and you get to stretch, and you get to deep, like breathe deeply. Like ah, it's gonna be a good day. And, and even and even if like you you're pretty sure like this day is not gonna go well because you know what's waiting and you know what you got. Like there's still like this moment, this glimmer of hope that says this day is gonna be different because this new day is like full of potential and possibilities. Like like something can be beautiful in this moment, and and no matter how bad yesterday was, today there is hope that things will be better. Now, in the Bible. When, when, uh, what we see is that the Jewish people have a different understanding, a different concept of a day, okay? So we understand our day like this, 12 to 12. Um, the Jewish people have a different concept understanding of how they structure the day. It's not longer. It's not like, you know, three days wrapped into one. It's just how they structure the day is different, and they get this understanding from the story of creation. If you go back to the story of creation, and if you know anything about the like, Jewish culture and how they understand time, it's really quite interesting. Uh, Genesis 1, 1. This is where they get this understanding. We'll explain what it is. Uh, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening, and there was morning. The first day, skip to the next verse. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening and there was morning on the second day. Right? So that's kind of the way that they understand the days to work. There was evening and there was morning. The, uh, the, the first day. There was evening and there was morning the second day. So the way that they understand the day to work is that the day begins when the stars come out, like at dusk. That's when the day ends and the new day begins. Uh, this is why when they celebrate the Passover, they celebrate the celebration or they stop working uh, at somewhere around six, you know, in the evening on Friday night. And that goes till the following Saturday evening because their day begins in the evening. Right? And actually, it's really kind of a kind of a fascinating thing, uh, an interesting uh, way to understand the day, uh, because of of what it does to to how you think through this whole thing. Uh, so, for example, um, <clears throat> they would say, so this is our typical day, right? Twelve hours. Uh, we get up somewhere six, seven, eight o'clock in the day in the morning, depending on your schedule. You get to work somewhere around eight or nine. I understand everybody's day is different and you're all on a different schedule in different stages of life. Some of you are retired and you wake up whenever you please. Fantastic. Good for you. So uh, some of us get up, you go to work about nine, you go through your work day, you get off somewhere between five and six, depending on how long you work, you get home, and then somewhere, you know, you take care of the kids, do some dinner, and then somewhere in the nine to 11 range, you're like going to bed. So essentially, you go to bed on on one, at the end of one day, and then you wake up the next following day, and you've already wasted like some of this because you're sleeping. Okay, so now, in the Jewish concept, an understanding of a day, their day begins at a different in the evening, right? So let's say, just this just averages. I understand it's all different, right? Let's say 6 p.m. is like the, the, like the reset button. That's the reset spot. 6 p.m., you're coming home from work. Uh, th- this is the new day. Let's, let's just go ahead and write this out a little bit. So this would make this 6 a.m. And then that would make this 5 p.m. Oh, that's a p.m., there we go. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine. Let's say we go to work around in here, 9 a.m. There we go. Okay, so. All of a sudden, now you have a different construct of how you understand the day. Uh, what's interesting about this whole thing is, is this little shift, make, at least to me, makes a big difference. So part of the way that the reason they do this is because that's how the first day is in Genesis 1. But also, what this does is that it actually becomes like a, a metaphor for life in general. Because your day now starts in the evening, right? And so when you think about life, uh, life begins uh, in the womb, right? In the darkness of the womb, you have life beginning. Then, then it moves into this daylight hours, this, play, this time that, you have been, that your parents have given birth to you and you're living your life and doing your thing. And then by the time it gets back to evening, right, the metaphor for life then becomes death ends in the death of, uh, in the darkness of the grave. Which means <clears throat> this day uh, cycle now becomes a metaphor for life. But also what's really cool is after death becomes a new dawn and the new dawn is what we would call like eternal life life, like the next thing, like the thing that God has promised us, right? So it's kind of this cool metaphor for all of life and how it like cycles through and then where we end up and all kinds of fun stuff. So what's cool uh, when you look at this kind of time frame uh, is that there's, there's kind of a, a way to break this down uh, throughout your day. And I would, I would kind of structure it kind of in two major categories like this and then somewhere around in here like this. Okay, so uh, this is like in your normal day, this is the least amount of control I would say most of us have. If you're looking at your day, your work week, okay, this is, this is the time that you have the least amount of control over your day. But then also, it means that this part right here is the time that you have the greatest amount of control, okay? Uh, that's uh, the greatest amount of control right here. <laughs> So as we're beginning to like think about like what does five years look like? How do we get to the next step? What, what is it that I wanna do? Um, if there's going to be a window, greatest control, of opportunity for me to work, it's going to be in this time frame, right? This is gonna be the time that I have the most amount of control. In fact, this is gonna be your greatest uh, opportunity to make some changes. So let's call this, just for the sake of uh, remembering it, this is your go time. The time that you have the greatest opportunity to make changes, to make adjustments, to read the books you want to read. If you want to write a book, this is the time frame that you have to do it. You can't do it at your desk. I mean, you can. I don't know how well your work productivity is going to be or how excited your boss is going to be that you're creating a business on his time, right? But if you're going to do it, that's going to be your greatest amount, your greatest opportunity uh, to do these things. What's cool about this day as well is when you begin to think of this is that... um, Let's say you have a terrible day at work, and let's say it's like 3 o'clock and you're just counting down the time so you get to leave the office to go home. What's cool is that if you begin to shift your day and think of it in this terms, like in this Jewish construct of a day, is all of a sudden 3 o'clock isn't just I get to like leave work. It's all of a sudden I get to get to the end of this day and get to the beginning of a new day. So I've actually been trying to do this on my way home from work this week. Um, and, it, and to me, it's made a little bit of a difference. It's kind of neat. So I get home, I drive home. I'm getting home in between like five or six in, in the evening. and. Um, Instead of having this normal, like, oh, I've just exerted all this energy for my day, and you know, I'm exhausted, and it's been a tough one at the office, whatever, and then I know I got to get home, and I've got like these hellions that live under my roof that I have to take care of, right? Like, instead of having this mentality of like, oh, it's just, I'm exhausted, and it's just another thing that I got to do, I've tried to, on my drive home, convince myself mentally that I'm ending one day and beginning another one. So I sat in my car (laughs) a couple days this week just going, it's a new day. It's a new day. You can do it. It's a new day. Because typically we welcome a new day because a new day means there's something hopeful about it. Because we get to start fresh and start anew. And so I've been trying to convince myself sitting in the car, it's a new day. The kids are going to be awesome. You get the opportunity to spend time with your kids. and to, you know, like, So all of a sudden you begin to switch how you think and understand about what you're doing the, and, and how you're using the time that you have. Um, I mean, think about how cool that is. Oh, I'm not just getting out of work, like I'm getting to a new day. That feeling that you get when you get up in the morning normally, you get the coffee, you have the drink, you stretch, you watch the sunrise, that's a beautiful moment. You can have that feeling like when you get home from work. What if you begin to switch how you think about the day? Okay, so what I want to do is I want to look at this, this moment right here, this time frame, what, this go time, the time of greatest opportunity for change. If you're going to do something, you're going to, uh, whatever goal it is you have set, and look at kind of four components of how we use this time that I believe will help you to uh, pursue the things that you want to pursue. Okay, so there's kind of four key components. components to this whole thing. The first one is really simple. The first one is sleep. First one is sleep. You have to get sleep. And obviously you're looking at this and you're like, okay, this is like this like a 12, 14 hour window depending on your schedule. Let's say 14 just for fun. You know you've got to get rest. So it's not like a full 14 hours of free time. Now typically what they say is that the body needs about seven to eight hours of rest. That's what you need to be healthy. So that's going to take seven to eight hours out of that. Um, Many people, I think, struggle with this component. I think many of us are are running on less than the proper amount of sleep, which uh, is not good for you, right? It's not good for you physically. It's not good for you mentally. There's all kinds of studies that talk about the importance of sleep. Uh, It's interesting to me that how we currently live is fairly new to like the scope and spectrum of humanity, okay? When you think about the commercial light bulb has only been available for 140 years, uh, houses with electricity have only been like really happening since the 1900s, only became common until like 1930. So it's really been less than about 90 years that you've had the ability to walk into a house and turn on a light and stay up all hours of the night. The things that we're dealing with are different than what our ancestors' generations, two, three generations ago were dealing with. I mean, think about what that would be like uh, to not have electricity at our fingertips, at our disposal. What, how, how would you operate well, my guess is you would wake up when the sun ga- came up, right? Or when the rooster crowed or whatever. My guess is you would work and then like you'd go home and eat dinner as the sun was setting. And then you would sit around and talk by candlelight or fire or whatever and read a book read, the, and then go to bed uh, not long after that. Right? So what we're dealing with in the, in the, in the way of technology and electricity, and, and then not only do we have electricity that we can keep lights on for all hours of the night, we can also like entertain ourselves all hours of the night, video games, computers, looking at stuff like from all around the world. So this sleep component becomes all the more important as we're able to uh, reject or deny sleep all the more. In fact, there's a, I don't know if you've seen, there's a new game show on Netflix just came out called Awake. And the whole premise is the contestants have to stay awake for 24 hours before the games begin. And in that 24 hours, they have to count quarters. They have to count quarters for 24 hours and keep track of it. And it's fascinating to see, like, they would show this guy how many, and they'd have to guess. And they couldn't write it down, and they couldn't keep stacks. They just had to put it in a bin and keep count. And they'd be like, how many did you count? And they'd be like, I counted 17,000. Like, no, you counted 42,000. It, it's incredible. And then the game begins, and then what you see is they have them try to do these tasks, these little games, but it's very difficult because of the lack of sleep. Sleep is very, very important. Uh, there's, there's a guy, let me give you, there's all kinds of studies. Sleep is vital. Uh, here's one uh, thing from a guy from Johns Hopkins, a medical doctor. He says, it turns out that sleep is a period during which the brain is engaged in a number of activities necessary to life. Necessary to life which are closely linked to quality of life, right? This is why you get irritated at the kids much more easier. Uh, He keeps going. This is Dr. Mark Wu. Uh, A healthy amount of sleep is vital for brain plasticity or the brain's ability to adapt to input. If we sleep too little, we become unable to process what we've learned during the day, and we have more trouble remembering it in the future. Researchers also believe that sleep may promote the removal of waste products from the brain cells, something that seems to occur less efficiently when the brain is awake. Sleep is also vital to the rest of the body, uh, uh, to the rest of the body. When people don't get enough sleep, their health risks rise. Symptoms of depression, seizure, high blood pressure, and migraines worsen. Immunity is compromised, increasing the likelihood of illness and infection. Sleep also plays a role in metabolism. Even one night of missed sleep can create a pre-diabetic state in an otherwise healthy person. There are many important connections between health and sleep. So if you're coming home and you're turning the lights on and you're looking at the internet and reading stuff and you're watching the news, whatever, and you're staying up till 11, 12, 1 in the morning and then you're getting up at 3, 4, 5, 6 in the morning, right? Like you're like burning the candle at both ends and it's not going to be good for you mentally, spiritually, healthy. Like it's not, you need the rest. It's part of, and actually you can think of, I I prefer to, think of sleep like from a spiritual component. Sleep is a highly spiritual act. Uh, here's why. Because it's uh, both uh, humility and trust are involved in it, right? I have to uh, take some sort of humility to, to realize and recognize that the world will survive without Seth for about eight hours, Believe it or not, right? And it's this humbling thing. Oh, it doesn't need me. Oh, it's going to, it'll be okay without me. Yeah, it's a bit of a humbling thing. And this also this component of trust, right? Like I'm going to trust that, that God's got it under control for the next seven to eight hours, right? Like God's got it under control. I, I can take a break, right? So to me, it's this very spiritual thing. Also, this is why like it's good to nap, right? I'm exercising my faith and my trust and my humility in God by napping, You're welcome for all of my fellow nappers. Uh, What do you, you, how could you sleep right now? This is my faith time. This is, uh, I'm stretching myself, um, going deeper with God. Yeah. Uh, So the first thing is sleep. The first component is sleep. For you to function at an optimal level, you need to have your sleep. The second component is like your spirituality, this like divine connection. The way we're going to say it today is to engage the source. This is your spirituality. When you look at the beginning of the story of creation, how the whole thing, like the human existence, comes into being, uh, the story is God takes the dust of the earth and he forms it into man and then he breathes into him the breath of life. And so it's not until the dust of the dirt and the breath are fused together, that the breath is infused into the dirt, that man becomes a living being, which is to say that God, uh, the breath that God has given us, is the thing that sustains our life. He is the source of our life. You see, so when you look at like the story of, of the garden, you look at the fall and all this stuff, um, part of the tragedy of the fall is that they are, Adam and Eve are put out of the garden and therefore like disconnected from their source of life and being. If God is that source, if God has infused himself into their being, then they have been separated from that source. And when you're separated from the source of life, what happens? It, it leads to death. Right, So when you talk about things like prayer and reading the Bible, these things are essential to, to who you are as, as a human being and to your spirituality, but it's not just about the habit and the ritual of the thing. It's about you connecting to the source of life that sustains you, that source being God. He says, this is my word. Let's talk. Let's, let me breathe in. Let me speak into you, right? So get some rest and then connect to the source. The second thing is this, uh, the third thing, sorry, is to engage the body, so get some sleep, engage the source, engage the body. This is the physical component of the thing. We talked a lot about this last week. Uh, there's a connection between the physical and the spiritual that I think most, uh, I think a lot of Western Christianity has kind of downplayed to our detriment because if you want the best out of both, I think you have to work with them in conjuncture with one another. They have to, they have to go together. Uh, we, and if you've been through Forge, this should sound familiar, we are a unique being. You as a human are a unique being in the scope and spectrum of the entirety of the universe in that you are physical. You are a physical being, but you are also a spiritual being, right? That because you are of the dust of the earth and God breathes his breath into you, you are spiritual and you are physical. These two have to work together. And so what God says is these two, when they're joined together, you become a living being. Okay, so a couple things about the body, about like keeping, keeping it up and maintaining. When you look at the story of creation, what you see is that there are essentially six instructions that God gives to man, right? And, and, and like he forms man, he creates everything, and he says, I'm going to give you some obligation here. six key things. He says, I want you to uh, be fruitful, to multiply, to rule and subdue, and I want you to work and care for the garden. These are six big things. The underlying theme of all six of these things is essentially this idea of stewardship. God says, I am giving you the the responsibility to take care of the thing I have given you and I am giving you this body in which to do it because if you look at those six key things um, what you will see is that they are primary primarily physical components work and care for the garden uh, uh, be fruitful and multiply rule and subdue. They're primarily physical things because God has given you this physical body to, to be active, to move, right? A sedentary lifestyle is not how we were designed and developed to function. God gave you this body to work a certain way, to move, to run, to jump, to swing, to swim, whatever it is. He gave you it for this reason, that it would be an active sort of thing. Now, what's cool about it is that when the body is active, when you engage the body physically, it's good for the body, it's designed to do this, and so what happens is not only does your body get stronger, in better shape, whatever, you maintain the body, there's also these chemicals that are released. Any, any sort of exercise you can do, any, uh, you may be familiar with this, uh, you have the serotonin and the dopamine that's released, which affects, like, your, your mood. It affects your ability to make decisions. It affects uh, your, your general sense of happiness, your general well-being. It allows you to sleep better. So when you're doing the thing that God has called you to do or created you to do, when you're using the body in the way that he has created you to use it, then you are benefiting in the way that he has designed you to benefit. It will be good for you. The body and spirit must work together. Okay, so uh, engage the body. Here's the last one. Engage the brain. Okay, sleep, engage the source, engage the body, and engage the brain. This is like uh, where you kind of get to do the thing that you ultimately want to do. This is where you get to move beyond. This is where you get to make the difference. This is where you get to make the change. If you want to read the books, this is the moment you do If you want to write the book, this is the moment. If you want to work on the business, this is the time where you get to guide and shape the world that you live in. This is the time where you get to actually work towards the thing, right? Unless you're like your goal, the you in five years is primarily a physical goal, right? Then that's okay too. But you have, most of us have more than one goal. Um, So this is the place where you get to participate in shaping the world. When you look at the story of creation, God says, or the story says that everything that God created, he also gave the ability for that thing to create. Okay, look at this. Genesis chapter one, verse 20. God said, Let the waters teem with living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing uh, with which the waters teem and move about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning. The fifth day, right? So everything that God creates, he also gives the ability to create more of itself. So birds create more birds. Fish create more fish. Trees create more trees. Grass creates more grass, right? So essentially what you see is that all of creation is continuing to expand. There is a continual expansion of creation because of how God designed it to work. Right? And then what he does is he gives mankind responsibility to rule and subdue. These words in, 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 the, Greek, in the Hebrew text, the word, word subdue is the word kibosh. Kabosh means to manage or to guide. So God says, I'm going to create everything in such a way that's going to produce more of itself and expand and continually. And then I'm going to give you this role to shape and to guide the thing that I'm giving you. Right? You you have seen this just recently in the past couple weeks, probably in your front yard or backyard if you have a yard, if you're in an apartment. I don't know that this works, but if you have a yard of some sort. uh, My house right now like is overgrowing with everything. The the grass is growing everywhere. The vines are growing everywhere. The trees, because we've had rain for like three weeks straight, right? Like we're swimming uh, across our front yard. But about four weeks ago, everything was brown and dead and dying, and I was struggling to like, get a little grass blade to grow. And now it's like, it's like a virtual rainforest has taken over. Right? Just because of this rain. So you're getting to see this expansion in how creation works. Now, what, were ha- what would happen if you, like, stopped mowing the grass or if you moved and just left your property vacant for a year or ten? What would happen? Well, nature would eventually take that whole thing over because that's what it's designed to do. Which means that you have this role to work within that to uh, guide and shape and manage the creation that God has put in front of you. So there's this, in this original commission and this idea of kibosh, which is to control and manage creation, there is this creative and participative element that has been built into the design of this whole thing. When you engage the brain, when you do something creative, when you engage the world in such a way, you are guiding and shaping all of creation. And, and look, creativity, this idea, whatever the fourth one is, is, engaging the brain, this idea of creativity, it isn't just like the artsy stuff, right? This isn't just, you know, like playing guitar and making a painting and taking photographs and whatever. This is like, anytime you're doing sort of, some sort of organizing or shaping to the world, creating a budget is a creative, uh, is a creative endeavor. Uh, and organizing data, is a creative endeavor. Putting together systems and structures in whatever business realm you work in, it's a creative. So engage the brain, this is a part of this. And so if you're looking to change something, if you're looking to make some um, adjustments for you in five years, then this is the moment that you get to do that. This is the moment that whatever you're doing, you get to guide, shape, and help change the world. So here's where we're at. Uh, We're asking the question, What do you wanna be, who do you wanna be in five years? We talked about here's the little, how do we take little steps to get there, and today we're talking about how do we use our time. How do we use our time to take those little steps to get there? What we've talked about is how if in the Jewish understanding of the day, it goes from evening to evening. And so if you, if you begin to think in this mentality, all of a sudden, and you don't have to do this. This is just, hey, if you want to do this, this is great. This is fantastic. This is a, a simple way to do it. This is the least amount of control you have in your day. This nine to five period because you're working on somebody else's dollar. But you have this whole stretch of time from six to six in which uh, you're in control of. To some degree, I understand control is a bit of an illusion. I understand that, right? But in theory, you have this time frame, like 10 to 12 to 14 hours, depending on your work schedule, your kids, all this stuff. So this is your go time. This is the time where you can accomplish these things. And the way that you get to the place you want to be is by using this time. Get some sleep. Uh, engage the source, that is the spiritual connection, engage the body, the physical connection, and engage the brain, this creative element to who you are. So let's just think about this for a minute because there's a couple cool things that you can kind of take away from this besides um, these four things. Uh, The first is if this is how I begin to think of how my day starts and from the time I get home to the time I get to work, I have control over this time frame. What it means is if I am using this time wisely, even if I'm do- maybe I'm doing this and maybe I'm not, whatever, if I'm using this time wisely, what it means is by the time I get to work at this time, I can create whatever kind of day I want to have. Right? So I can set myself up in such a way that I have a pretty healthy, positive uh, sort of day so that by the time I get to work, no matter what kind of day this work period has for me, you know what, I've already had a pretty good day. Normally when we talk about uh, how was your day we talk about this kind of time frame don't we like 9 to 5 that kind of work time like the time between like breakfast and dinner right that's and so what if what if i take this time and i set this up exactly how i want and i and i do something and i get my sleep and i and i'm engaging the body engaging the brain engaging the source in a positive sort of way and now all of a sudden i get to this moment whatever happens here okay cool like uh, i've already i've already had a pretty good day right like i have control of that now also if I have a bad day in this little component where I have the least amount of control, uh, and when I come to one, two, three o'clock, 4 o'clock, uh, I'm really close to the beginning of a new day. So I can wipe this one off. I can dust this one off, right? I can, I can wash that old day off of me. And by the time I get home from work, I don't have to come in the door carrying the weight and the burden of a terrible day. I can go, well, that was rough. But guess what? It's a whole new day. That's pretty exciting. Now, one last, one last thing here. Let's say you've got this 14 hours or so, and let's say you sleep for eight hours. Okay, that gives you like six hours, and I understand there's variances. I get that, okay, I get that. You gotta take care of the kids, you know, take out the trash, all that stuff. Well, let's say you got six hours. Okay, you've taken out the sleep, which is the first component. You still have the three other components, uh, rest, bo- uh, body, spirit, um, and, and brain. If you did those each for an hour, Right. You, let's say you pray and read your Bible for an hour. Let's say you run, work out for an hour. Let's say you work on the book you want to work on for an hour. That's three hours total. That means you still have <laughs> extra time. And I understand people are busy. And I understand that there's days where people are just like, I just can't do it. I don't have a spare second. I understand that. I, I, I know that. But I also know that a lot of times we're, we are not great time managers. And I also know that you will find the time to do the things that you really want to do. People do this all the time. If you want to fish, you will find time to fish. If you want to golf, you will find time to golf, right? That's, that's how we work. We will find time to do the things that we want to do. We will find the time. This is your time of greatest opportunity to make the change that you want to change, to do what you want to do, to be who you want to become, to pursue what it is you want to pursue. There's this great psalm. Psalms 118 says this, this is the day that the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it this is the day that the lord has made i will rejoice and be glad in it you have a chance each and every day whether you want to keep your normal 12 to 10, it doesn't matter you have the ability to make the change you have the ability to find the time you have the ability to use each and every day to the glory of god and to me and this is just my thought what better way to bring glory to God than to well, you can obviously use your work time. That's that's really good because people are watching that. But what, what better way to bring glory to God than to take this time, this time of greatest opportunity, my go time, to invest in my family, to invest in myself, to invest in creating change, to invest in the future of who I want to become. This is the, like that all brings glory to God. A lot of times people get caught up in like, oh, if I do this and this, it's, it's this very selfish thing. And i I understand like there's this fine line of like selfishness, but also like, if I am doing things that create a better me and create a better world, and I am doing them in a way uh, that I say, the reason I'm doing this is because of what I believe, because of what I believe the Bible tells me, because of what I believe what God says, because of what I believe Jesus is, and what He came, the example He came to show us how to live, then is there something like better? Because that's being the example that you've been called to be. That's the thing that's bringing glory to God. And the reality is, is more people are gonna see God through you and how you're acting and carrying yourself than they ever will by stepping in here because we are limited in this space. But you can carry the glory of God everywhere you go. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Each day is a new day that holds opportunities for you to grow, for you to grow physically, spiritually, emotionally. What a beautiful thing to be a part of, that God has created this thing in such a way that we get to reset, that we can wipe off an old day, that we can start a new day, no matter how bad it gets, that there's a fresh start just around the corner.